So. All right. So, you ready for this? <laughs> Let's do it. I don't know. <laughs> it's good. Okay. We got this. All right. Good morning, I'm Pastor Greg. And I'm Pastor Amanda. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we get into the message, I just wanna give you a few housekeeping items. When we're done, you'll hear a few announcements from our church chair, Justin Marty. And then following that, we will wrap up our time together with a handful of worship songs this morning. And we just encourage you, we wouldn't typically do this on a Sunday to chit chat, all throughout the service, but there is a live feed and, and we do love to see people saying hi and we miss you and that kind of a thing. So we uh, invite you to do that and to connect this morning. All right, thanks Amanda. And uh, just as from the both of us, we just want to say thank you. Um, I feel like it's been, we're hitting week number four with this thing for church. And uh, we feel that this has been hard, but this has been a season of blessing. And personally, we have just felt so much love and support and encouragement and prayers from you as a church body. We just thank you for that. We thank you for um, the continued generosity that you have given towards God financially that keeps the ministries of this church alive. Um, we also just thank you for the ways that you are ministering to each other. Um, we're so proud of our leadership and staff and all of you for being the body of Christ. And so um, thank you. We're gonna keep going through. We're gonna make this together and God is good. So with that, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the gift of gathering together as your body. Even though we are, even though we are far apart spatially, Lord, we thank you that we get to be close uh, together in your spirit. Lord, I thank you that every person who's listening right now, Lord, I thank you that you know their story. You know exactly where they're at. You know what their needs are. And so, Lord, as we speak this morning, we pray that you would just minister to each person according to your will, giving encouragement or conviction or hope or whatever it is that you have. May you speak through us and may you bless your church and empower us for your ministry in this world. So, Jesus, we love you so much and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as Greg just mentioned, and, and he's done it every week, we are in a season like no season we have experienced before. And I think as time goes on, we're all beginning to see a little bit more clearly how this is impacting the entire world, the pandemic known as COVID-19. And for us, the people of God, uh, we've had to make huge adjustments for what it means to be the church. I still can't even believe that last week we celebrated the resurrection uh, virtually in our own homes. And even days before that, when we gathered on Monday, Thursday, and we participated in communion, we did it virtually in our own homes. And on the one hand, it's just completely surreal. And then on the other, there is this, this part of us that, you know, almost just 
you know, just wonder, wow, well, are we getting at least a little glimpse of maybe what some of those first gathering in homes looked like? At the same time, though, we miss each other. There's a void there. We miss doing life together. We miss worshiping together. We miss, I hope most of all, doing mission together. And yet here we are doing the very best we can with the uncertainty of not knowing how long we're going to be doing it. But I hope you'll agree with me that God in his goodness uh, has allowed us to do this really unexpected online journey um, well. And I think that if you've been with us, you've seen that we were able to finish out Lent and Easter in a really uh, powerful and meaningful way despite our circumstances. And you know that we talked about uh, when Jesus died, he also nailed our sins to the cross along with him that we might be forgiven and free. And that last week on Easter, uh, we saw that Jesus demonstrated he is victorious even over death and that all those who follow him get to experience that same victory. And we see that the death and resurrection give us new life with God and with one another in this life and in the one that is to come. Now, the first believers called that the gospel, which means good news. But the story doesn't stop there because the gift of the gospel is meant to be shared. And that's exactly what we get to do as followers of Christ. I'd like to share with you a scripture this morning from Acts chapter 1. And this is actually the final moment that Jesus shares with his disciples. And, and Luke, who's the author of Acts, uh, des describes that they were gathered around Jesus and they had asked him this question. Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? You can see that, that the disciples are still not quite understanding. They're asking, are you going to free your people, but Jesus has something so much better planned, and he responds to them in verse 7 um, of chapter 1. He says, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. In other words, Jesus says, I'm going to come back someday to finish what I started. But in the meantime, you get to be my witnesses. Now, the Greek word for witness is the Greek word martyr. Now, in a very basic sense, a martyr is a person who sees or experiences something and then they tell it to other people. Or a martyr is someone who testifies. And I totally gave you the wrong Greek word. It's actually the word martus. <laughs> martus, which means, oh my gosh, someone who saw something and tells it to other people, or it's a person who testifies. Now, what does the word martu sound like? Exactly, the wrong word I just told you a second ago, the word martyr. See, the early Christians, 
uh, when they thought about, so a martyr is someone who lays down their life in love for another, and especially the gospel. And the early church, when they thought about a martyr, they thought this to be the ultimate testimony because laying your life down for another was a visual demonstration or testimony of what Jesus did. So you see, witnessing has always been a two-part thing. On one hand, it's proclaiming. On the other hand, it's demonstrating. Proclaiming what Jesus has done, but also by our lives, demonstrating what Jesus has done by love and forgiveness and grace and showing mercy and being generous and pouring ourselves out for others. Now, there's another way you can think about this idea of, um, of being a witness. And you can think of it this way. Simply keep doing what Jesus started. Because when Jesus walked this earth, he proclaimed and he demonstrated. He proclaimed that the kingdom of God was at hand. He demonstrated what the kingdom looked like by the way he lived and doing all the things that we just talked about a minute ago. Um, and he described it this way. He said, I have come to seek and to save the lost. That's my mission. So because of that, one of the phrases that's been used to describe the church in the New Testament is that we are the body of Christ. So in other words, what Jesus did in the body, that's exactly what we do as the body. What he started, we keep going with. Now, so we're talking about mission today. I don't know about you, but this is a really odd season for mission. I mean, we have to stay six feet apart. Some of us can't leave our homes and there's a lot more distance between us than there used to be. I mean, we can't even come to church and worship in our building together on Sundays. And so the question is, in this season, can we still thrive as the church? Can God's kingdom still go forward? Can more people come to Christ? Is it even possible? Well, this week when we were pondering uh, this exact question and others like it, uh, we wanted to share with you that we watched a documentary on the fastest growing church in the world. Do you have any idea where that would be? Iran. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's actually in Iran, a country where the uh, mandated religion is Islam and the political powers are um, very harsh. They have a no tolerance for any kind of defiance uh, posture and what they say goes. And so the people of God in Iran are without property and, and buildings and they can't gather together in community at all. In fact, it would be illegal for them to host a worship service or even to witness to other people. And if they're caught, they could be put in prison, they can be tortured, raped, even killed. And yet, the church is exploding. And we heard testimony after testimony about how God is at work in mighty and powerful ways despite the religious and political tension all around. The good news of Jesus is continuing to go out in power. And there's a reason for this. Because Jesus said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not 
overcome it. See, the darker the circumstances are, the more powerful the church is. It's like in the same way a flashlight shines brighter in the dark, so is the power of the church. And like a flashlight that needs an energy source, which would be batteries for the light to work, the church needs a power source too. Now, I want to go back to the scripture we read earlier for the book of Acts. And when Jesus was around them, or excuse me, the disciples would gather around Jesus, he said this to them. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what's interesting, even earlier Jesus says, he actually wanted them to do mission, but not to do any mission until the Holy Spirit came upon them. And I think the reason for this is like the flashlight, right? If you're going to seek and save lost people in a dark world, you should probably wait until you have batteries in your flashlight. See, the real power of the church has always been and will always be the Holy Spirit. But sometimes I think we can forget that. You know, our church has been stripped away of some things. Now, of course, not stripped away is in the same way the church and believers are in Iran who um, literally can't meet and they have to keep their faith a secret. But we've had to put distance between us and we don't have our church services the way that we used to anymore. But here's the thing about stripping away. That's what I've learned in life. Whenever God strips something away from us, it's always because he wants to do something in us or he wants to grow something in us or he wants to refocus us on something. This is a really great testimony from the Apostle Paul. And maybe you know this part in scripture, but Paul is talking to the church and he talks about how he has this thorn in his side. And it's a great mystery, like scholars debate what the thorn is. The reality is we have no idea what the thorn is, but that thorn represents something that's been stripped from him, whether it was health or whether it was his appearance or whether it was his ability to speak clearly. We don't know what it was, but Paul's testimony is really beautiful. And this is what he writes. And this is a, so he, he says to the Lord, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. He realizes that when he doesn't have everything, when he's stripped down, when he is weak, that's actually the time that the power of Christ rests on him and works through him in a beautiful way. So as Greg mentioned, we, we, um, our circumstances are not the same as those of our brothers and sisters who are in countries where they have to do church underground and their lives are literally at stake. But in our own way, we have been stripped away. And yet, in the same way that the Spirit rests on them and in those places, He is also with us. And God is still moving in huge ways 
around us. When Jesus ascended to heaven, he essentially handed his mission off to us. He has a plan for us, even in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. And as Greg touched on, when we are stripped away, it's sometimes in those very moments that God is able to fill us with something even better. And I know for me, it's been as simple as Jesus. You know, no frills and no embellishments and no really cool PowerPoint slides, although I love those, but just Jesus and being with him. I don't know if you've ever heard this song called um, Heart of Worship, but it was one of the very first contemporary songs I learned as a new believer. And I love the lyrics. I'm gonna just read to you the first verse and the chorus. It says this, uh, when the music fades, all is stripped away and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within, through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. And I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. You know, when people experience the kind of oppression that they do in Iran, we heard over and over that one of the things they have to learn is how to live not for this life, but for the one that is to come. How to live in the hope that one day all things will be made new and to live for a relationship with the one who makes all of this possible. I have a feeling that the season of COVID-19 has uh, forced a lot of us to step back and reflect on what it really truly means to be in love with Jesus, our Lord and Savior, during a time where so many things have been stripped down and where so much of what we know to do as the church isn't possible right now. In these moments, what does it mean for us to love Jesus? Because when all stripped away, it's just Jesus. Just Jesus. You know, just Jesus, there's, there's, there's a lot of power when it's just all about Jesus. We were talking about this this week and thinking about stories that really kind of showed this. And we thought about um, a story in the book of Acts where Paul and Silas are thrown into jail, which in some sense is the ultimate stripping away, right? I mean, you lose your freedom to walk and to move about and to get regular food and to be in contact. You're totally stripped down and you're just locked in a dungeon and you just sit there all day. Pretty terrible. But here's the thing about it. Even in jail, for them, it would still just Jesus. Because the scriptures say that in jail, they worshiped, they sang praise, they prayed, they gave gratitude to God in jail. And what we see in the story, though, is that whatever they were doing by focusing on Jesus, it unleashed an incredible power. Because the scriptures say that an earthquake came. And basically, 
all the prisoners got released and the jail opened up. And as the story goes, the jailer was about to kill himself because if your prisoners get away as the jailer, Rome executes you. So the jailer is getting ready to kill himself and Paul and Silas, instead of running away, they say, stop, don't kill yourself, we're still here. And in that very moment, see Paul and Silas, because they were focused on Jesus, you know what they noticed? See, they noticed that there were two doors in front of them. On one hand, they could have just ran through the door to their freedom, but they didn't because they were looking and they saw that God opened a door for them to share, to witness to the jailer about what Jesus had done, about how Jesus loves him and he can have new life in Jesus. And as the story goes, the jailer responds and comes to Christ and not only him, but his entire family. And I love that story because really, what did they do? They just focused on Jesus and then they let their eyes stay open to see how Jesus was leading them. Sure, we're stripped down right now. Yes, we have to keep some distance. Yes, we can't meet. But the reality is, God is still at work. And if we stick with just Jesus and we keep our eyes on him and we keep worshiping him, he will open doors and we will continue to see his power at work around us. Now, maybe you're listening this morning and you're just checking things out and you're wondering, okay, this power you speak of, this Holy Spirit, like how does that work? What's really interesting, if you listen to a couple sermons ago when we talked about the cross, when Jesus died, the curtain in the temple was torn, which was God's way of saying that his presence went out and now was available to all people. But that wasn't the last part of the story because before Jesus left, he said, wait here till the Holy Spirit comes. And what happens when we put our trust in Jesus and we say, Jesus, I wanna give you my life. You are Lord, you are Savior, you are God. God doesn't just smile upon you. God literally sends his presence to live inside of you. On Pentecost, it happened for the first time, and it was, it was like tongues of fire came down and rested on the believers. But even to this day, when a person gives their life to Jesus, Jesus does a new work by entering into them and starting to do new creation work inside of our hearts. You may have heard the phrase before, um, sometimes we invite people to let Jesus into their hearts. It's because Jesus says he always stands at the door and he's knocking and he's waiting to come in. And so if you're at a place in your life when, where maybe you're, maybe you're not following Jesus now and you're not sure about this, but you realize that there's something more and there's a God who loves you and you want to be a part of it, we would invite you to put your trust in Jesus because he will come in and he will meet you in a powerful way. And so with that, um, we're gonna pray and then we're gonna worship together. 
Heavenly and gracious Father, God, we just thank you for being Lord of Lord and Kings of Kings. And Jesus, thank you for the work that you did on the cross that we might experience peace and forgiveness and freedom like no other. And God, thank you also that in that freedom, you continue to walk with us. And Holy Spirit, that you guide us and that you nudge us and that you speak to us. And as we've come together this morning, wondering and pondering what it looks like to further your kingdom in an unprecedented time of um, separation and isolation and uncertainty and fear, God, draw us near to you. Remind us again of who you are and what you're capable of. And I pray for each of us here as we go about our days this week, Holy Spirit, as you speak to us, that we would be obedient to that. That when you put a, a name on our heart, that we would cry out for them. God, when you prompt us to do something, that we would just obey in that moment. That we would call that person or send that message or whatever it is. God, help us to be faithful and aware and trusting that you are moving your good news forward. We pray for this world and we pray for those um, in all spaces who are struggling in so many different ways. God, you see them and you know them. And we ask that you be with them and give them peace. And we pray for our church family and our community that we miss so much. God, we ask that you walk with them. We pray for their um, strength and that they would be encouraged and that they would stay humble and God, that you would just be near to us, binding us together by what really matters, and that's your spirit. We love you so much, and we thank you for today. It's in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. Just a moment. Uh, Justin's going to come up with some announcements, and we're going to worship. But before that, we are going to pronounce a blessing over you. Um, call this the benediction. And I'm going to say the words, but we should do it together. So how we both put our hands up? All right. All right, there we go. Hey, as you go this morning, may just Jesus sit at the center of your soul as things are stripped away. May he become more beautiful and more compelling and more interesting. And may he become closer to you in each and every moment. And we pray that as you do that, that God would unleash his power in you and around you and give you eyes to see it and courage and faithfulness to respond. Go in his peace. Amen.